Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. We'll be leading off with good news, because it's rare, it's rare, but this is good news, it's a triumph of capitalism, it is a triumph of hard work, it is a triumph of entrepreneurship and genuine independent thought. And and it gives me hope because when you find out what my last observation, I, and I just done, I'm like, holy cow. And I had to go and look and say, is this really what's happening? I think's happening. And sure enough, it was. So the uh, GF and I, she got me into golfing. I was kind of like, yeah, I should try golf. I've been uh, not, not good or, or I don't do it religiously or anything. But, I, you know, you want to get out. It's during the daytime. It's something to do. It's just, and it's a nice day. Something, oh, we better get out. We better golf. Uh, before the snow starts falling, I get out of here. Although I'm thinking, well, I'll just bring my golf bags down to Phoenix, down to Vegas. I'll do the golfing down there. I will continue the golfing while the remaining half of the American population stays above the Mason-Dixon line, complaining that they can't golf when when at any time they can't. They just come down. We can, aban- we can sell the northern half of the United States to Canada. Justin Trudeau can populate it with all the diversities he wants to let in or whatever. And then we'll all just move down to the southern half of the United States. We'll all be warm and happy. Except for you weirdos that like the seasons. So we go golfing. And then um, we're doing nine uh, holes. And uh, and she asked, because I, I set up the tee time. <clears throat> and she asked, did you get a cart? I'm like, no. Did, did you get uh, pulleys or wheelchairs for your golf clubs. I'm like, no, I, I didn't get those either. And so we carried our, our clubs, which you should be able to do. You know, I'm 42, she's 25. She, she should be able to do this. So uh, I wanted to get exercise too. So we're walking and I'm carrying, I'm carrying my old man gave me his clubs, uh, clubs. So it's free. I mean, it's practically free. So I got these old clubs. They're older than me. I remember them when I was just a little toddler <clears throat> because he'd go golfing a lot and I, I didn't know what they were. But uh, so we go, we knock out nine, uh, nine uh, holes, and it was longer. These are some stretches. There's some longer holes there, and uh, I'm picking up the bags. We're walking, and this, and she's like, "I'm tired," and uh, we didn't even get nine holes in because it got too dark. So we didn't, we didn't play the ninth hole, but we walked all the way back, and uh, uh, yeah, we were tired. It was, it was like running. I'd say four and a half, five miles. I was also more tired, and then. We were thirsty and we were just starving. And so I'm like, okay, let's go to Chipotle because the old man's going to get back on, on the health train here. And Chipotle has hands down the best tasting food uh, that's healthy for you. Well, the problem is no, uh, no Chipotle's really nearby, not convenient, not on the way. And I'm like, I think, I think there was a Cadoba out here somewhere. I look it up, sure enough, there it is. You know, and it's kind of like... It's Burger King. It ain't got McDonald's fries. 
It's Duplo blocks. It's not Legos. It's the knockoff. It's not as good. And so I'm like, yeah, we'll do Cadoba. Because I really look, because it's great. Chipotle has the greatest food ever. It's the greatest food. So we'll, we'll settle for Cadoba. Settle is the key verb there. So we walk in and uh, we get in our line. There's people lined up. They're ready to go. Everybody, you know, they, they get you through the process. But first thing I know, I look at the menu and like, whoa, what happened? They had a bunch. Oh, breakfast? They got breakfast? They're open at 6.30 a.m.? They got breakfast burritos, <clears throat> which I have a little soft spot for. Not supposed to eat carbs. Can't eat eggs. God damn it if I don't love a breakfast burrito. Eggs and sausage and bacon and cheese with 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 a, a wrap and hot sauce. So I'm kind of looking, all right, well, do they have the burrito bowl equivalent? I say, you guys got burrito bowls? They're like, yeah, we do. I say, okay, so no carbs, just put in the beans. And then I look, and uh, I, I see like, it's not like a, a, a Brazilian grill, but uh, damn it if there wasn't five different fla- types of meat there. And I'm, I'm like, okay, is that pork? And then I find out they got pulled barbecue. They got regular steak. Uh, and, and then they had, uh, they had, they had at least four or five different types of, of meat you could choose from. And I'm like, holy cow. I, I, I said, well, just give me this chicken here. That looks really good. He says, it's it's something roasted chicken. I'm like, sounds heavenly. So he puts that on there. Then, I don't know if you noticed this, after Chipotle went through its, sorry to make everybody sick, their vegetables have gone to pot. It looks like they added gray. They colored them gray. I think you get green pepper and onions now. You don't get no red pepper, all right? And they look, they look great. They don't look good at all. These, they, these guys had the old. They must, they must have stole all the peppers and the onions from Chipotle from like five years ago because now, now apparently Cadoba's got them, and they're not paying me for this. They're not. You'll find out why I'm bringing this up here in a second. There's a reason. So we get the vegetables in there. What's that? Oh, that's that's a. Uh, well, we have regular picasa, chopped up onions and, and tomatoes and everything. Then they have tomatoes, but then they have the pineapple uh, picasa. Load me up with that. And they say, would you like any tomatoes? Yes, I would. Then we get next to the thing. And then also starts to look like a Subway sandwich. They got all the, the, they stole all the ingredients from Subway too. They got cilantro. They got minced jalapeno. Oh, by the way, they had full jalapenos and minced jalapenos. I went with both. So give me your hottest sauce. They actually had hot sauce. Then all those, there's these diced onions, and they got all this other stuff. I really didn't look. I think they even had spinach. I don't know. But e- easily, easily 10 times the uh, the ingredients. And, and so I got, I'm like, whoa, somebody, diff- someone in charge, someone who's in charge, something happened here. So I go to the um, the station. We pay. We go to the station where you get you know your napkins. See now, but and then at at Chipotle, I don't know what happened with their citrus thing, uh, but for some reason that meant they got rid of their spoons too. So we we got rid of the colorful vegetables and replaced it with gray shit. Uh, and then we have to get rid of our spoons. Now, if you ever eat a burrito bowl or any Asian food or Mexican food that is not already conveniently wrapped in a tortilla of some kind. It's impossible to hold it on the fork. Especially these small puny forks that apparently they only give to North Korean people 
because uh, they're so small and stunted with the lack of growth from capitalism. Well, there's some spoons. There's spoons. I don't have to fight my food. I can eat my food with relative ease. It might actually be an enjoyable experience. Go next day. And hey, look at that. They got the green chipotle, the red chipotle, and they got chalupa. And so then I go and I get my soda. And guess what? They have that digital soda where you, they got the touch screen. And I know a lot of people don't like it. I've learned to like it a lot because I got a lot of selections. You got different flavored uh, soda water, not regular soda, not just soda water, but like, you know, soda water with a little bit of lemon and lime flavor you can get. Uh, they have just way more selection. And then speaking of lemon and lime, guess what's sitting out there assuming that all of their customers are capable young adults or old adults or just capable children that can pick their own limes. That's right. They had lemon and limes. They're not behind the jail cell, which they now have over at Chipotle because apparently that's how they're spreading, uh, spreading the Ebola virus or whatever they're handing out for free that day. Uh, you, and it doesn't come out of it. They, they, still, they somehow have the food uh, preparation processes down that they can still serve lemon and limes out there, not from the jail cell. Uh, and it doesn't have uh, E. coli on it. So I get lemon and limes. I douse my burrito bowl with all those fixings with the green chipotle sauce. That's how I was in the mood for green. I get myself a Dasani lem- lime. Got a Dasani lime soda water. Dip my spoon. Sit down. And then I just start. Da- it dawns on me. Wait a minute. There's carpet on the ground. And and it's nice. And there's not this weird minimalism uh, Mayan Incan architecture with some with a Puma man over there uh, kissing about the French kiss of burrito. There's not sheet metal up on the sides. I, it almost feels like a restaurant. I don't feel like I'm on an operating table about to get cut open and operated on. It's not as sterile. More sterile than Chipotle, obviously, because no one's gotten sick at Catoba yet. All right? So that stainless steel and making it look like an operating table, not necessarily as clean as an operating room. So I'm like, oh, man, look, they got carpet. That's right. It's more homey feeling. It's not hard uh, concrete floors. I mean, what, what, what uh, leasehold improvements go into a Chipotle? Don't you just kind of leave it there? And say, no, no sheetrock for us. We want corrugated metal, please. Yeah, make that fucking scary-looking Aztec dude who's French-kissing his burrito. Yeah, put that weird piece of art up that we have to have on everything. So I take the first bite. It looks great. Dude, it tasted as good as it looked. And then it dawned on me, hang on, I got to try this again. I took a second bite. Uh, Chipotle ain't as tasty anymore. It's not the best. Uh, Chipotle's tasty, don't get me wrong. Ebola or not. Uh, but it is no longer the best-tasting healthy restaurant. Like, I was like, oh, my God, Cadoba beat it. Cadoba beat it. Cadoba through just good old-fashioned, harder, better, better, faster, stronger competition. Somebody came in there and says, no, we're going to offer our lemons and limes, and we're going to... Now, I don't know if it's because they don't do everything organic, so you don't have... Uh, Whoever out there shitting in the yard, not washing their hands, throwing in the the cabbage or the cantaloupe that goes to make whatever. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if they they don't understand the concept of you know uh, uh, the industrial uh, revolution 
where machines could do things not only better, faster, and cheaper, but cleaner than humans can. Oh, no, we have to have Wayne. Well, you know where our pigs come. They come from Wayne. Oh, maybe maybe Wayne is fucking the pigs. Did you? Because that disease came from somewhere. I know you guys are cute and fanciful about doing things the old way. I know you're all about that, but I'm sorry. As great as that food, food was, now, through diversification, through better uh, food, through a wider menu, uh, a Cadoba is better. If you, if you haven't gone to go now, go now. If you asked me a year ago or two years ago, that's, that's about the last time I stopped. And I'm like, yeah, you know, they're all right. You know, they're, you know, they're not that great, but they're, they're good. They're good. They're better than, you know, Subway. They're, they're, they're one of the finer, the better fast food joints, certainly healthier. Uh, but I never thought anyone would bump Chipotle. And that's the only thing Chipotle had. All Chipotle had was that its food tasted amazing. Tasted better than anybody else's. And now it doesn't. And you know what's great? Now I can actually say, I always would get agitated when I went into Chipotle. Because they, they uh, well, one, just the, the fact you're walking into an operating table, that you don't feel warm or comfortable. You don't feel welcome. It's like, yeah, let me shove this food down my throat and get out of here because this is just not comfortable. Then the music. Oh, that was another thing, the music. I realized Cadoba wasn't playing their gay fucking shit, new age, indie, never going to be heard again type of music uh, that Chipotle does. You know, you walk into Chipotle and they got to jam it down your throat like NPR, but it's not called NPR. Usually it's owned by NPR. There are stations out there that are owned by NPR but they have a different name. Like here in the Twin Cities, it's called 89.3 The Current. And it came out right when I got out of college, and it still hasn't gone away. It's like a herpes infection, except worse. And they just play this shit music. It's not good. It might as well be pop. It might as well be pop because that's really what it is. It's, it's When your government-endorsed music, I mean, at least pop came about through the private sector. At least people will go and pay and see those concerts. As, as, as bad and dull and crappy as, as uh, pop music is, it is a natural result, natural consequence of free market and free choices. When it comes to NPR, oh no, we're going to take some taxpayer money and we're going to buy the shit music. Yeah, we're going to buy the shit music. We're going to hire the unqualified people. We're going to hire the shit people with their shit degrees. And we're going to make a K through 12 education. Says, oh, mean, I mean, we're going to have, we're going to have a radio station. And then you're like, uh, and it never goes away because it's always going to get government funding. It'll never answer to the free market. And so I could sit and the food was better. I had more choices with, with spices and ingredients and menu options. I had my soda machines that I like. I had a fucking spoon. There's carpet on the floor. Not that even that was it. it. Just, again, it wasn't like I was in a Soviet camp or about to be interrogated by Stalin. The music wasn't sucky. Oh, well, by the way, the music they do play at Cadoba was classical Mexican music or Hispanic. It was, it was south of the border music, but it wasn't so loud. You know, it was definitely background music. You could have a conversation, a quiet one. Uh, but the best, the best thing, and this I noticed right when I was about to finish because I was like, man, I'm going to get some more food. And I look, I'm looking at the menu, I'm looking at the walls, I'm looking at the windows, and then I get up and I walk and I, I kind of walk through the door again, 
Look at eye level. Look everywhere. And you know what I could not find? The number... You could get... I'm going to give you some time. I'm going to give you some time. What is the number one thing people hate about Chipotle? They hate it almost as much as they love their food. Thus making it quite the quandary, uh, quandary and, and, and uh, uh, tortured decision to go to Chipotle. I've walked out of Chipotle. Uh, at times when I, when I did this, when I've gone in, I'm like, you know what? I'm not in the mood for this shit. Go ahead, take some time. I'll give you a hint. Come on. Chipotle, we're cool, we're hip, we're young. We listen to NPR's The Current Music. What else are they going to do? What else? Give you a hint. It's in their food too. It's not E. coli. There was no social justice warrior rising. There was no virtue signaling. There was no holier than thouing. There was no pious, cocky, jamming in your throat. Left this fucking political environmental, we care more than you do, social justice warring, virtue signaling bullshit. It wasn't about we all have organic chickens and let's tell you about our chickens and how they're raised free range. You go into a Chipotle now, you got three places to throw away your garbage. It's all garbage. It all ends up in the same dump. None of it is recycled. Okay? They have trash, recyclables, and compost now. Do you see how fucking much they care at Chipotle? I throw all my stuff into trash. All of it. But then it dawned on me, like, if they actually compost that stuff and they actually are trying to recycle it, like, let's say Chipotle actually gave a crap and tried to find a place to actually go and have this stuff picked up and recycled, then I'd want to, like, throw everything into the compost to make the composter's job that much horrible, more horrible. But right now, I just throw it in trash. And even though all of you are just such good caretakers of the environment... Or maybe Chipotle just has overestimated the number of touchy-feely environmentalists. When you go into a Chipotle, guess what? The trash bin is always overflowing and full. And now some poor idiot kid, not even an idiot, probably an honest kid, who works at Chipotle has to go and dump some of that out into another garbage bin. Or they, I could see it. I could see it. You have to go and pick out all the compostables and all the recyclables and sort it yourself, Steve. Not a they don't tell me about Bill. We get our pork from Bill. They didn't tell me about that their beans came from, from Gaia's farm where a bunch of hippy-dippy baby boomers work on it with sanitized hand, but only through organic soap did they wash their hands. There's no politics. It was politics-free. It was, it was so politics-free. Now, I like Perkins. You guys know I like Perkins. But even that agitates me where it's like, hey, we're trying to help out with the dogs. We're trying to help out with the kids. The local... You know, pet shelter, which has a lot more honesty and integrity than all this social justice warrior bullshit. But even that pisses me off. It's like, don't fucking lecture me about donating to this thing or that thing. Don't tell me you're going to stamp out children's hunger. You've never done it yet, once yet. You know what I come to Perkins for? My fucking pie and my fucking English muffins. And sometimes the country scrambler, which is very, very bad for me, but is heavenly tasty. Chipotle, you just know, like, they, right before you walk in, they have the jaws of death, but instead of opening up metal, they open up your ass so they can just fuck you in the ass with just how wonderful and noble and better they are and holier than thou they are, and oh, they just care about the environment and where they get their fucking pork. Cadoba, none of that. It's almost amazing. It's almost like, we understand you are here to eat and not be lectured 
and not be annoyed with things like politics or crappy, shitty NPR music. You know, like, I, they, I don't know how they, they had it. They had it down. Maybe it's because they came out of California. Is it? I think Chipotle came out of California. Maybe that's where they think the rest of the world wants their pompous, smug uh, San Francisco crap. But they just, look, guys, for those of you who had the addiction to the Chipotle like I did, even I was like, thankful I wasn't eating Chipotle when they had that outbreak of E. coli. But even I went back to make damn good burritos, damn good food. Not, they still do, but not as good as Cadoba. And you're damn right, I'm going to go to Cadoba because the food is better. I mean, think about that. I, I suffered all that other crap just so I could get a Chipotle fajita because they are that good. Now I don't have to. Now the market has, your competitor has improved. And what's great about this, Chipotle ain't never going to change that. Chipotle is still the worst one. The worst thing is, is the social, the politics. Putting politics into everything. Putting politics into your burritos, putting politics into education, putting politics into your gas. I love it when British, when gas companies say, we're going green. Like, okay, come on, really? <laughs> There's a company out there that makes better food than Chipotle, just as affordable, more options, open in the morning, serves breakfast, and they're not going to lecture you about politics. Huh? You know, like it was in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s? You know, where you get, you know, like, well, I'm, I'm here to get some shoes, Target, and Target didn't have a bunch of fucking crap about how they donate this or they donate that. Hey, you want shoes? Shoes are in aisle 12. Thank you for your, your patronage, sir. So dudes and dudes that guys and gals go, go, to, go to Chipotle. Or not go to Chipotle. Go, go to Cadoba. Cadoba is now officially better than Chipotle. And, uh, and Chipotle's not going to change. They're not going to change. I guarantee you they got to be headed up by, by people who are infected and, and indoctrinated in this stuff. And it's, they just can't run a burrito shop. I guess their ego won't sustain it. They need to have burrito shop plus politics. Because just running a business isn't enough now for about half these companies. They have to do whatever it is they do plus politics. When most people, they don't want politics. They don't want it. And that's what it is. See, you guys have become inured to it. It's been going on since the 90s where they're trying to save this. Hey, would you like to round up? Uh, Would you want to donate that? Hey, we're here to help out the church. We have a a charity we work with and we donate. No, fuck you. You know what I want? I want a pair of socks. I would like a gallon of gas. I would like some new sunglasses. And uh, I, I would like a set of new tires. And I don't give a shit what you do about the kids in Africa because no corporation has been able to figure that one out yet and ain't none of you solving none of these problems. I eat there because it's healthy. Good for fucking you. Go go and eat there. <laughs> but for those of you who want still healthy food, still better tasting food, and you just want to sit down and eat a great meal and you, you like Chipotle, now there's one better. It's Cadoba. And Cadoba didn't pay me for this. It's Chipotle that brought it upon themselves. It's like, it's like you know, the one gal in, in the Bakken oil field. It's like, well, I got to suffer her crap. I got to suffer her name. Well, then a newer, hotter, younger looking one who is less yippy. Yes, or less yappy, less uh, naggy. It's like, wait, you're not going to lecture me about, about what your ex-boyfriend did? You're not going to lecture me and nag me to go to church? You have more options? Hmm. Hey, and you're a better kisser. All right. (laughs) 
So fuck you, Chipotle. Just fuck you and all those years we had to tolerate your shitty environment and your shitty politics. Now we're on. We found a new one. Found a new one. Thank you very much. All right. We should do some sponsors. All right. The Clary Podcast is brought to you in part by. Uh, what is it, brother? Oh, Asshole Appreciation Month. Spread the good word of the asshole in October. Asshole, uh, a- October is Asshole Appreciation Month. And so just give the love to the captain by spreading the good word. <clears throat> Businessbuyeradvantage.com. Before you consider buying uh, a small business or a large one, uh, a lot of you are entrepreneurs, a lot of you are looking for retirement, a lot of you know that the various... Uh, equities and bond markets are not exactly the greatest deal right now, so you might be tempted to go and buy a business. Uh, But before you do, have a detective. That's basically what he is. Uh, David Burnett over at businessbuyeradvantage.com. Contact him and have him. It's I know to say contact Asshole Consulting if you got a business idea. This guy has, God, what has he got, 20, 25 years experience in being a business broker, buying and selling small businesses. Drop, drop a couple bucks, either on him, his direct hire, spend some time watching his YouTube views if you don't think he's legit. Uh, otherwise, what I would recommend is you definitely hire and hire him out for his consulting services or take his class before you buy a business. Uh, it's businessbuyeradvantage.com. Go check him out there. Praxy, give me a call on Praxy. You can download the Praxy app and contact me through your phone if you need emergency asshole consulting. It is expensive as hell. $2 a minute and a $25 connection charge. Some of you have used it, though, in case you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm like, oh, do this. And uh, it might be worth, if, if you're efficient, we could get it done in about, I'd say, $50. Some people just want to talk, which is why I charge so much. Because I know usually when people want to talk or Skype or whatever, I'm like, screw you. You just want to hold me hostage like a therapist. I don't feel it. Like, nope, we ain't got time for that. Oh, I got time for it if you're paying me $2 a minute. So that's spelled P-R-A-X-E-Y. You can find that on the Google Store and the iPhone Store. Jacob's Adult Playground. Jacob'sAdultPlayground.com. I got to give him a shout out. Met up with him in Vegas. And he's got a... You're saying, oh, what is it, porn? No, it's... it's it's a He's a cool cat. He's got a, a unique little niche. Uh, basically... He works at one of the strip clubs. I don't know if he wants me to tell you or not, but he works at one of the strip clubs. And over the four or five years he's been in Vegas, he's learned there's this complete underside, not underside, I shouldn't say that, a a, a micro-economy, a sub-economy within Vegas' larger economy for directing traffic. So there's guys who are, say, the, uh, the valets at the hotels. Out comes... Slicky McSlicksick and Chatty McChattyerson, the third. Like, dude, bro, where's like the hottest club? And the valet, I would say, oh, dude, the hottest club is this place, or the hot strip club is that place. Would you like me to get a limo for you? Yeah, man, woo! What they don't realize is the valet gets a commission on not only the clubs that he sends people to, but he sent uh, the, the limo service as well. And what Jacob does is, and you guys don't realize it, but you're paying along the entire way. So if you want, I don't want to say necessarily avoid this stuff, but you want the deals. Like if you're going to go to Vegas, contact Jacob at Jacob's Adult Playground. Just go to jacobsadultplayground.com. He'll he'll put you in the know 
and you'll you'll get more out of Vegas for for a lesser price, and uh, then you could go gamble it away on the tables. So check that out, Jacob's Adult Playground. I should have him on one of these days and explain it to me. It, it was really cool from an economic standpoint. It, it was really interesting. I got my Amazon affiliate program. Go ahead, buy your stuff there. Please do all your online shopping by going to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon banner. Do your shopping. Then I get a commission from Amazon. You don't pay any more. We got my books for Condescent Man, Black Man's Got a Poverty, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Kind, Curse of the High IQ. Go get them. Available in paperback, audio, and Kindle. And if you've already gotten them and you have read them, please do me a huge favor. Beyond recommending them to your friends during the month of October. Uh, write a review for them on Amazon. That helps with the marketing and all that other good stuff. We got other people's books. We got Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Pickett, who has yet to produce a podcast. He's He must be chasing all those uh, Dutch girls in their field hockey uniforms or something. Uh, but check him out. You can buy his books, but you can also visit his site by going to PushingRubberDownhill.com. Yes, the title of the blog is the same title as the book, and he's got writing and podcasts and all that, so you can go ahead. And listen to him. We have Carrie Lutz's Viral Podcasting. It's a book about how to become a podcaster. So if you're interested in getting into this lucrative career, you can go to uh, Carrie Lutz. And, and visit Carrie Lutz at FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com anyway. Visit our two uncles. Look, look, okay, I'm, I'm America's older brother, right? Tom Likas is Saint Likas. He's, a, he's America's old father. I would say Carrie Lutz and Silvio, Silvio Canto are like your uncles. They're your uncles. They're, they're very wise. You should go listen to them. So uh, check out Carrie's sites, FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com, if you'd like to visit him. And Silvio Canto, he doesn't have a site. He's just got a blog talk radio podcast, Silvio Canto. And he's got a book, Cubanos in Wisconsin. Uh, speaking of elder gentlemen, he's just a little bit elder than me, but not my much. He's, he's like, if I'm America's older brother, then he's my older brother that I never had. Rolo Tomasi at TheRationalMail.com, his latest book out called Positive Masculinity, and then also consider purchasing some of his whiskey. He uh, imports, exports whiskey. Tapwhiskey.com, spelled W-H-I-S-K-Y, not the E. I don't know why some have E's and some don't, but that's just how it is. And Marcus Brown. We Okay, now Marcus Brown, he's the younger brother that nobody wants. That's <laughs> He's America's younger brother that nobody wants. Anyway, he came out with a book called Another Book Niggas Ain't Gone Read. Uh, I think most of you know about it. It is not another book niggers ain't going to read. It's another book niggas ain't gone read. So if you would check that out, you say, oh my God, did he use the N-word? He can. He's black. As I like to call it, this is the book of woke for black folk. So if you happen to be a young uh, black man or woman, uh, go ahead and get that book. Uh, If you're white, you will find it interesting if for any other reason you would be shaking your head. It's like, they do what? What? I had a couple of their renting rims moments uh, in terms of like the money scams. I'm like, Marcus, nobody can fall for this. He's like, dude, you would not believe it. I know a girl who fell for this scam. I'm like, how? How? You have to be either so spectacularly stupid or so desperate. And he's like, dude, they believe the lies. These girls are predominantly, but the guys fall for it too. They want to believe the lie. If you want to believe lie, well, maybe that's why the black community predominantly votes for Democrats, because you want to believe the lie. It's true. It's true. I don't know how many more Detroits or Comptons or St. Louis's or whatever. I don't know how many uh, 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 Clevelands or Milwaukee's. How many do you guys need? 
How many more destroyed municipalities do you guys need? I mean, how many more Democrat administrations and mayors do you need to elect? Hasn't helped you yet, has it? Stop being racist, Darren. Naughty, naughty, naughty. And then we have, uh, uh, not Silvio Canto, Glorious Carl's Trade the Ratio. Uh, so if you are either a novice, a newbie to investing in precious metals, I want to know why you should. Go ahead, get Trade the Ratio. First couple of chapters will help out. They're very introductory. Uh, but if you already know, yeah, I, I know why I invest in precious metals. Uh, get the book anyway. Skip the first couple of chapters and read the part about trading the ratio, what the book is named after, which is his technique on how to trade in and out of gold and silver against one another. Because uh, right now, if we, most of us just buy the precious metals. We don't intend to make money on it. He's saying, look, while you've bought into precious metals, you might as well trade between the both of them and see if you can make some money on it. So he came up with this system. So you could go ahead and try the book. Uh, and that's the first round for the spy. Oh, now, I uh, a little change in plan. An agent in the field of mine sent me a, a video by Entrepreneurs in Cars, uh, Rich Cooper. Um, and I did a video on it. And I thought, you know what? This really should go on the podcast too. Also, it saves me about an hour. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to splice that in here, but then we'll get to the next set of sponsors after. Good morning. Uh, is it morning? It is, just barely. Uh, I had to put together this video because it is going to be of immense benefit because every once in a while, you're like, am I in the twilight zone? Am I insane? And then you see this, you're like, no, no, I'm not. And I want to make sure that you young boys don't suffer like we did back when we were in the 90s without the internet. Like, you know, your dad was just, eh, happy wife, happy life. This shit has got to get exposed. Um, and then we're going to draw some lessons. I had to sit down. I, I, I came up with six really important lessons to draw. Because when I saw this video... Um, I was like, no, there's there's more to it than that. There's there's we we gotta really sit and think of, and, and about what this says about men uh, and dating and dating women and just interacting with them uh, and where the country is going. But let me let me tell you a little bit about the video. I'm, I'm gonna splice it in here so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, Rich over at Entrepreneurs in Cars, you know, our Canadian buddy, where it's about to get very cold. Uh, he put together this video. A fan of mine sent it to me. I'm like, hey, it's Rich. I recommend that bald guy anywhere. <laughs> and what he's doing is he does this takedown of a commercial put together by Tinder. And uh, the reason he and he has it out, he he downloaded it because they took away the comment sections, they took away the upvotes and the downvotes because it was very poorly received. Now I like to know exactly who liked it and who didn't, but. It was atrocious, just unacceptable, and I got a I got a pretty open mind as to like ah freedom of speech do what you want. I mean you could certainly do it, but this was this was beyond poor taste. This was just rank anti male hatred and misandry, just rank feminist anti male bigotry. And what the commercial basically is is there's a bunch of girls that are, that are Tinder corporate offices, and all these women are good looking and thin, you know, because they of course all are. And like, we have a douche problem. Look, douches congregate over here. They actually like are calling men douches on the video. I mean, we, we, what, if, what if Tinder were to do that and say, we have a cunt problem? <laughs> so anyway, Rich takes this uh, video down. He, he does some analysis of it. Uh, and he did a fine job, but I think he just, he took the video down. Like he, he pointed out while it was wrong. I want to advance this and draw some lessons. 
uh, from it that we can all use. Because this is this is the world telling you something, and sometimes you gotta listen. So just watch this. Men are great, and then there's douchebags. So where are we with this douchebag situation? The thing about douchebags is that they tend to cluster. It's true. Our algorithm is showing hard clustering. In some demos, they travel in packs. We've got so. You're a douchebag, guys, if you don't introduce her to your friends. But what ladies don't seem to understand is, I suppose, maybe you're not worthy of being introduced to family and friends. Uh, you know, you might want to consider that instead of shaming men. Got a solution. Bring me someone with real douchebag experience, and I'll show you how it works. Who can we call? Who can we call? Who can we call, ladies? Okay. Go I just want you to notice how they've handled uh, portraying men in this. Here's your first version of a man. Uh, this is what they want to place in their video. Uh, guy number one, check it out. Guy number two. This is for you. No, don't worry about it. You don't have to sign in. Go right in. For you. Masculine energy over here? Not really. Masculine energy over here? Mm, I don't think so. Hey, welcome to Tinder. Douchebag expert at your service. All right, here we go. So Whitney Cummings, don't know who she is until I Googled her. Apparently she's an actress, comedian, and a douchebag expert. Uh, she does stand-up comedy, which I've never seen, so I don't know how good she is. Uh, she doesn't travel the circuit, but apparently she's the writer for uh, the TV show Two Broke Girls or something along that line. So here she is. Check this out. All right, ladies, listen up. It's our job to make sure we give all the women in the world the tools they need to fight douchiness. Anytime, anywhere. And Whitney's dealt with a lot of douchebags in her life. A lot. The last guy I dated had calf implants. Okay. I don't know what calf implants are. Apparently he's got a couple of plants, but... Uh, you know, from the male perspective, what about all the women out there that have a zoo practically living in their house? You know, all these cats and dogs and pets and stuff like that, or 17 cats if they're a crazy cat lady. Uh, but let's let's carry on because they start to categorize a level of douche. So we all agree that calling out douchebags should be easy and fun. Mm -hmm. So let's show Winnie new Tinder reactions. Oh, genius. Yes. Could you imagine if they did, let's call out women's hypergamous nature, and it should be fun. Make, you know, make that like emoji or things in the app. Anyway. First, we have our basic douche. He's a CEO at self-employed because he's overqualified for every job he's ever interviewed for. Exactly. He shows up to your first date with a Bluetooth, and he tips the bare minimum on his black card. I know this douche. He's the guy who's late because he was... Oh, so now they're shaming the entrepreneur slash CEO. He was late. He, you know, he, he he doesn't tip enough on his black card. You know, women's hypergamous nature. Let's let's just point to the obvious fact that the only reason why these women are on this video with 2.2 million views is because a couple of guys got together and said, let's create a dating app that works better. Uh, so they're only employed there because of a guy creating a dating app. You know, a guy entrepreneur CEO. Otherwise. You ladies wouldn't have the opportunity to go and shame men here in this video, but let's go on. He was charging his vape. Mm -hmm. I like this. Really? And next we have our intermediate douche. This is the guy that lists his expectations right in his bio. He's into fitness and you should be too. He documents every trip to the gym on his Instagram feed. Make sure it lists memes of himself that say this body wasn't built for monogamy. Hashtag no days off guy. And last... Okay. Um, 
you know, the vast list of prerequisites that you must have before you can date. Um, women are masters of this, literal masters. You know, I've talked about the six sixes on my videos before. Got to be at least at least six, six feet tall, uh, must have their own place, must make at least a six figure income, you know, blah, 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 all the way down. Um, it's pretty rare for guys to list the six sixes. You know, we've talked about things like hypergamy and how men and women are portrayed. You know, women are viewed to men as beauty uh, sex objects to men. Uh, men are viewed to women as success objects. Objects. Yet here they are in this video poking at successful men that take care of themselves and trying to portray them as, uh, you know, I post my gym routine, whatever, on Instagram all the time. But the fact of the matter is, I don't see guys posting their gym routines on Instagram. I see mostly women doing it all the time. Women tend to point cameras at themselves. That's how they use Instagram. Whereas men tend to use their camera to take pictures of things. That's the way I viewed it anyway. But let's go on to the third guy. Lastly, here we have our advanced douche. So this one uses eggplant emojis as his opener and dinner's on me, baby. Come hungry as his closer. Oh, just felt my uterus tilt inside my body. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So, yes, that that is Tinder now. That is Tinder. So, let's, let's use this, all right? First lesson. Tinder is obviously anti-male. Uh, their co overall culture, there's no way that would have flown or gotten through uh, if, if there were just, you know, saner heads and there wasn't such an anti-male bias. They're bigoted, they're discriminatory, they're all the things that these leftists accuse people on the right of being. Um, they, they just hate men. They're just not... They now, this could be a calculated decision on their part. Uh, I think their business model is pretty much identical to that of a nightclub or a bar or something like that. You got to get the women in. Your your client is the women. You want to make the women happy, but you're going to get the men to pay for it. So there's ladies night, uh, uh, no cover charge for ladies. This is why you have the big bouncer letting the, all the hot chicks in and the men are, because once the women get in there, uh, then the men will come in and pay. So that is the, and this is, I think, kind of the same thing. I believe there was a calculated decision on the part of Tinder saying, we could totally rip apart men, they'll take it because they want pussy. And you guys will, you will, you guys will, you guys will suffer insufferable stuff, including being insulted like this. But whether you take it or not, understand when you use the Tinder app, and, and millions of you will, they're not going to run out of men, you have no self-respect. None. You're not a real man, you have no self-respect as a man. I don't care if you've gotten occasionally the success. Well, I know some people that actually actually did get laid using it. Uh, but I, I just, it, it'd be like a, a, a Jew going to a Nazi shop. Like, hey, I'm going to get some Nazi paraphernalia. I, it just, no, no. So give it a fucking Tinder app. Like, there's not a bunch of other dating apps out there. So that's, that's, the, that's one thing, right? Second, Tinder is a waste of your time. Not only because they're anti-male, not only because for the vast majority of the time you're wasting your time, but I'll put the link below. A client hired me out over at Asshole Consulting. He says, Clary, have you ever tried Tinder? I haven't because when it came out, I was already dating the girlfriend I got, so I, I, I downloaded it. Someone says, hey, you should download Tinder. I'm like, okay, what, you know, new social. And I'm like, this is hotornot.com. It's just a dating app. But never really, oh, I'm so I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. I, I gave it a shot for like three days. Oh my God, I want that time back. And I didn't charge him enough. Um, the title is called Tinder is the Waste Bucket of Humanity or something like that. The Reject Bin of Society or something like uh, that. And it's true. 
it is, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. You got the fake profiles. You got the, the reject ugly women. Uh, none of these women look like the women in this, in that uh, commercial. It is a waste of time, gentlemen. You have more important shit to do in your life than sit there and say, and I know, I know, it's like, well, it doesn't take anything when I'm sitting there waiting in line. And they're like, I understand that argument, and but it's still not worth, worth your time. Find a different app. Text your mom. Hi, ma. Love ya. Oh, you know. Uh, study. Do some other thing. Listen to podcasts. Anything. Life is too damn short for men to use to use Tinder. You just it's not worth your time, okay? 3. This is gets back to the sanity thing. Am I living in the twilight zone or not? This is proof that feminism, misandry, anti-male bigotry and hatred uh, has been institutionalized. Now not universally, not universally. Um, in academia it is with fake rape and male privilege. Um, there's obviously a bias even hatred there. I would say in some political spheres, the Democrat Party, some of them, uh, they do not like males. Um, you see it in, in the, well, I don't know if you can call it the feminist industry because they don't produce anything. Uh, but they obviously, a lot of them hate males. Uh, but this shows you that even in the private sector, uh, that there's not only that they hate males, but they thought they, it was comfortable enough to do this. That the bias in the echo chamber is so consistent that it created an environment that they actually felt comfortable to come out with that fucking rank, rank bigotry. So when you're sitting there thinking like, is it, is it me or is there some kind of anti-male thing going on? Like, or is it just a group of really a small group of extreme, really loud uh, leftists? The only reason of which I hear about them now is because we didn't have the internet and, you know, we, we drag up, the internet is a very fine net, we drag up all the filth from the bottom of the sea, and we see more now than we did 20 years ago because we didn't have the internet, so it was always there, society really isn't collapsing. Yeah, I got news for you, trust me, from somebody who was around 20, even 30 years ago. Uh, there was none of this shit happening. None of that bullshit happening. At least back in the day, businesses were polite and relatively apolitical. They wanted to sell their, you know, their wares and, and their services to everybody. They really didn't care about your political affiliation. I think this is proof, uh, on top of other proof, that the indoctrination, the institutionalization that Gen X and now millennials who are entering the workforce, older ones, were indoctrinated K through college they started to believe this shit. And now they don't, they really don't know anything else. They really don't know, like, you know, like, where's the beef and the Energizer Bunny? Like, there's no marketing creativity that this is what they come up with. And if you notice, all I think Gen X and the Millennials, especially marketing, could come up with is we're going green, uh, we hate men, rah rah women power. Uh, it's, it's politics in general and virtue signaling is about all they can come up with. But as it pertains to you, you're like, are, are women, is, is it hard dating? Because it seems really like, do these women have an attitude? And here's, here's what concerns me. Tinder does not represent all women, obviously. But what if it actually does represent a significant statistical percentage of them? I will, I've told the story before, I'll tell it to you again. There was two times that I was going on a date with, with girls, and they 
through temper tantrums, screaming, crying temper tantrums. One, because I didn't buy her a soda. I'm not joking. I'm not making it up. That's why it's so fucking crazy. And the other, I can't remember what it was. It literally could have been, if you don't know, I'm not telling you. And she's screaming on the interstate. I had to pull over and say, I will kick you the fuck out. Anyway, you, I couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it in the 90s. Like, are women this crazy? Are, this, are they this insane? And back then, yeah, they were. Not all of them. There certainly were some nice ones. But damn well if a, if a third wasn't like this. And now that we start to see evidence of this sprouting up and bubbling up at different places, I'm wondering how thorough the rot is. What percentage of women deep down inside thought that was funny? What percentage of women are like, oh my God, the douches. Oh my God. I I was watching it. I'm like, he's the CEO. He's complaining. And there's the black dude washing himself in the, in the hot or the shower. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. I took a little bit of balls, you know, and they're just nitpicking on it. Oh, here's the guy that like he's using emoticons. Like if, if that's their complaints, we need another world war. We needed a huge economic collapse because the women's values are completely warped in this country if they think, whatever percentage, but the percentage of, of women that think that was funny and those are their problems, uh, then you, my fine young male friends who would like to pursue them, you need to know that. You need to know that. And that leads to the fourth point. No, you are not crazy. You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. Now, that's a slippery, slippery slope. You want to make sure there's nothing wrong with you. This is why I always talk about the Cary Grant principle. You got to make sure you are Cary Grant. You got to make sure you're in shape. You got to make sure you got a job. You got to make sure that you're charming. You got to make sure you're not psycho. You leave them no excuse. So that when a woman shoots you down, you can stand there and without lying to yourself, you say, wait a minute. I do, I do this ballroom dance. This is what happened to me. You know, I'll give you an example. I teach ballroom dance. I'm a banker. I got no debt except for my mortgage. I'm rental property. I own rental property. Uh, I was in shape. I'm pretty good looking. What the hell is wrong? Why did you go? Oh, wait. <laughs> it really isn't me. There's a problem with her. That's, or maybe I'm short. That was about the only thing, but you don't control if you're short or not. Uh, but you need to know this. You need to know that if Tinder is representative of what, what young women who are looking to date think of men, if that's what they think, dude, it's not you. And you will go insane trying to change every possible thing about you, every variable, this, that, because you always think there's something wrong with you. Whereas in this case, there might be something universally wrong with women, given how we've brought them up, indoctrinated them, the media they consume. I didn't think it'd be possible. Like, you would think an independent-minded woman, you know, just a, a woman with common sense, not even a genius, just common sense would look at it and say, well, that's rather rude. Apparently, after two generations of post-World uh, War II baby boomer-inspired child-rearing and indoctrination, you can brainwash people. You can brainwash a statistically significant percent of the population to not be capable of independent thought and to, God Almighty, be entitled and mental to, to an unacceptable level. But the large part, just take it from me, kids. Take it from me, boys. Do your best. Do your best. And if a girl shoots you down, trust you me. It's not your fault. Okay? It isn't. If they're nitpicky about the emoticons you're using, there's no way. There's no way. 
Uh, and so, again, you might as well go be doing something else. You, you really ought to. All right? Fifth thing. Fifth. I went to the college and screwed up management. Uh, you need to forgive yourself. Along the lines of you are not crazy. I know a lot of you. Look, I remember getting shot down. I mean, it was maybe one in ten times it would lead to a date. And I remember the look up the rule of 50-50-25. I remember just because a girl said yes to a date didn't mean they'd actually show up. And then you'd get stood up. And it was more 30-70. 70% of the dates, back when I was just this young kid, you know, 18 in college, all the way up to even my 20s, uh, it was so bad, 70% of the girls would flake that I just assumed there wouldn't be a date. Sometimes I'd double book dates. Sometimes I'd be working and the girl would call me like, what? We have, oh shit, that's right. You, oh, you, you're one of the 30% that actually wanted to go out. Uh, and I thought, again, thought there was something wrong with me. There wasn't. You should not feel bad about yourself. It does, it does not reflect upon you morally, ethically, or what kind of quality and caliber of man you are. Uh, and, and so you shouldn't feel bad. Not with this filth. Not with this low-quality, pathetic, disgusting, low-caliber of women out there. As if they're the judges. I, I mean, if those are the judges, as to your quality and caliber of a man, you want them shooting you down. You want them not showing up on dates. You want them not even giving you the time of day. Uh, be, because I don't want... If, if that's... You, and you don't want to date them. Trust you me. You do not... Now you're dealing... See? Now think about how crazy this was. Fake rape accusations or false rape accusations. That was such an impossibility. Or women sperm jacking you. That was such like... No. Who would do that? There's no way that... You know, maybe one psycho in a million. But no way would win. Oh, really? Again... If the Tinder commercial is truly representative of even a third of the women, that is fake rape territory. That is psycho-crazy, boiling buddies, dead bunnies territory. You, you, it is a landmine out there, boys. It is a landmine. And if you step on one innocent, you know, you're walking, you, don't blame yourself. But man, God Almighty, learn. Just learn. So on top of forgiving yourself, that's I guess it's a warning to look out for the crazy women. Sixth and final one. Uh, I got a post coming out on Return of Kings. It's called To Catch Women, Stop Chasing Them, or Stop Chasing Women to Catch Them, or something like that. And the whole point of it, although it delves into it a little bit more, is to catch a gal, you got to go do your own thing. And if you put women first in your life, uh, you're going to never develop characteristics, traits, hobbies, um, experiences, uh, flavor as, as a growing adult male, and therefore waste your own life. And so if this is, if this is the toxic waste dump that you get to choose from, your life is too short. Go do your own thing. Instead of going out to the nightclubs and you got finals coming up, study for your finals. If you, um, your girlfriend is giving you shit and it's just unacceptable, like, well, what, but you're, what did I do? And if you can't honestly come up with an answer, oh yeah, well, 
I, I accidentally ran over her cat or something like that. Or I, I, I accidentally spanked her too hard and like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. I mean, if you've done everything and you really can't figure it out, then she's the one with the problem. She's psycho. And so you should go dump her ass and learn how to work on a, uh, cars, mechanics. Um, it, it's here for once. I'm going to have to agree, even with some of the most more extreme MGTOWs, go your own way. Just go your own way. Men going their own way, MGTOW. Uh, it's your your life is too precious to deal with these type of women, all right? And it, it is almost better to have a life void. Well, not it's almost. It's a hundred percent better to be single than dating one of those gals. Forget that. You'll you'll be divorced. You'll be miserable. You'll commit. Oh God Almighty! You you definitely want to be single. You want to be the most MGTOWs of MGTOWs that ever MGTOWed uh, in MGTOWville than date one of those gals on Tinder. Uh, but you, you just got to go do your own thing. Go live your life. Go improve yourself. Go to the gym. Read a goddamn book. Listen to the Clary podcast. Any fucking thing. But whatever you do, do not bother with Tinder. Do not bother with these women. Not just the ones on Tinder, but if they are Tinder-like, nope. No, ma'am. No. And uh, you know what? Yeah, we can all argue, oh, but... Yo, we're genetically programmed to want to get married. I want to have kids. Tough shit. What you want and what you're going to get are two different things, and that's one of the most important lessons you're going to learn in life. It, it could be, and like I said, I wish they kept the comment section up. I wish they kept the up-down vote up, because then we could use that as a barometer to assess what percentage of women thought it was funny thought was cool and yeah you go girlism and then we'd have a really good accurate representation and statistical estimate as to what percentage of women are just rank bigots rank sexists against men and then you'd know and knowing is half the battle gi joe it's beyond your time never mind it's a great show so i just want to get those six lessons out there boys um because it's very important uh for your safety for your happiness for your sanity for your health, for your career. Because I know, especially when you're younger, you're, you're totally genetically programmed to want to go with, it doesn't matter if you're older, you're genetically programmed to want to be with women. But the, the sex drive is probably the most powerful thing when you're 18, 19, 20. Uh, and it is an immovable force hitting an unstoppable object. Wait, that also when they collide, and you want to get laid, but you got to deal with this crap. Then you have an explosion, and that is the pain and suffering you will endure. Uh, I just didn't realize how, how bad it was. Like I said, I always, you know, I haven't been on the battlefield in a long time, so I always wonder, giving advice from my dating experiences of the 90s, telling a kid in 2017, like, well, is it still? It, it's more applicable today uh, than it was ever. And so I'm, I'm sorry, I wish, you know, we all wish we had the Rita Hayworth. We all wish we had the 1940s World War II woman for a wife. We all wish we had June Cleaver. We're not going to get it. I mean, there's, they're out there, but it's, it's nowhere near a guarantee as it used to be. And now you're going to risk your life wasting your time in the pursuit of that. And so by God, guys, you got to, you got to, pursue your own life. I'll put the link below. When it drops, I'll, I'll update the comments section or the description down below. I'll also link to uh, Rich's video because uh, he does a good job of it too. Um, and then, yeah, just, I mean, honestly, just stay frosty, boys. 
Stay the freak frosty. All right, now that we did that, next set of sponsors. The Hanging Chads, if you are looking for a podcast that I listen to, uh, it's called The Hanging Chads. Um, and uh, check those guys out. Just search Hanging Chads Podcast. It's on like Zen FM or something like that. It's a hosting site I'd never heard of, but it, it works. Uh, and they're, they're, they do a damn good job of interviewing. Their format is they'll interview somebody prominent in the manosphere or the alternative media. Uh, then there's some comedy skit they do, all original. And then they go on to do the political analysis. Um, I tune into the interviews are real interesting because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, not trying to, I just don't have an interest in politics anymore. Um, and so I, I do appreciate how they get the, um, the guests on. So it provides a different, even the guy they had on who was talking about um, the, the invisible hand, he wasn't talking capitalism. He was a little conspiratorial about how, oh, Monsanto and everybody's uh, affecting our food and, and it's a conspiracy and it's conscious and these people control the world. And I'm not of a big subscriber of that. But it was interesting to listen to. And I did learn some stuff because the guy knows his, his health. What was that guy's name? Anyway, the Hanging Chads, check them out. Um, they're smart. They're smart. I said, hey, I got an audience. You got an audience. Would you like to co-promote one another? They're like, yeah, let's do that. And we have been. So go check those guys out. They are good. They are on my iPhone. Not my iPhone, my uh, Android. And I'm going to go listen to them when I hit the gym later on today. So go ahead and download download those guys. If you want to like, oh, what's a sample? Uh, Because they're up to like 40 or 45 uh, podcasts. Download the one with Rolo Tomasi. Download that one. And uh, the other one, obviously, should be the one you download the interview with me. Obviously. Uh, but yeah, just go ahead, sample them, and check them out. Hanging Chads over on Zencast. We have uh, my other book, Poor Richard's Retirement. If you don't have enough money for retirement, or you're afraid you won't have enough money for retirement, then go get Poor Richard's Retirement. No GNU's is good news without Gary GNU. Again, way back from the Indies. You kids won't remember that. Regardless, get this book, Poor Richard's Retirement. It's an essay. It's really an essay. It's cheap. I kept the price down. Give it to your parents if you're afraid they're not saving up enough for retirement. It should be a bestseller, but I won't lie. I have not been putting any effort into marketing. I lost all, kind of not all, but a lot of my incentive to work. Once the house was paid off, that was like the biggest beast I ever had to wrestle in my life. And now that that's done, it's like, well, we killed Hitler. I think we can we can take a sip at the eagle's nest with E-Company, huh? And now I just kind of like, No. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ride my bike around for a month out west. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with my friends and not ride as much. I just I don't know. I lost a lot of energy. I just it was nice, like actually taking a break and not worrying about anything to do. Of course, I did five days without working. Like no, I'm just gonna relax. That's the other thing. Big problem you guys are gonna have when you get older. I was talking to Rolo about this. We might have to do a podcast together. Um, but I'm kind of like, okay, let's say you made it, you know. You really don't got to worry about much. Can you turn it off? Can you, can you like, just go on a vacation and not, not worry about things? He's like, no, I can't. He's like, I'm always wondering if I could be riding a better post. Da-da-da. So part of my exercise at going out on the motorcycle ride was not just to enjoy, but was to relax, which I failed miserably at. Um, but I'm still trying to do that. So I, I forced myself to take five days off. And all I found out, is okay it's relaxing i had a grand old time and and i did not worry 
It felt like being a kid again, you know, just playing video games, vegging out, not hitting the gym. Did nothing. Did nothing. And then, basically, you just fall behind work. It's not as mentally stimulating. Your body goes to pot. And, oh, I look horrible naked now. I look very bad naked. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't look like... I don't look like... Well, I don't look like the, the amazing atheist naked, but, I mean, I, I, I look worse compared to my Adonis body that I used to have. But anyway, um, what was it going with that? Oh, uh, just go buy my books. Give me money. That's basically, basically everything I say, no matter what I say, and it seems I'm talking about something else, ultimately just means give me your money. Not that it's going to be unfair. I'm not robbing you, but just go buy something of mine and give me your money. That's ultimately what this boils down to. Speaking of which, the Asshole Consulting Life Improvement Plan if you are a hopeless nerd, loser, and you want to stop being a loser, there's things in your life you would like to improve, look up Asshole Consulting's Life Improvement Plan. I'll let you look that up on your own, but basically here's your choice. You could spend easily $50,000 of the course of your life on therapists, or you could spend a fifth of that on me. And guess what you think? Guess what you think's going to be better? Guess who's going to have better results? Haven't got a client yet, uh, but... But I'm willing to bet that uh, this would be a little bit more efficient than, well, tell me about your childhood. I know Stefan Molyneux is a big fan of therapy, but I'm wondering, do we need therapy anymore now that we got the internet? Like, can't you just go look up an expert and like, ah, yeah, fuck it, it's this. Oh, cool. You mean I don't have to talk to the 28-year-old recently PhD'd lady who got her degree in psychology and has a bunch of cats? If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. It's $50 a month, 3,000 listeners weekly, and it also gets you things on my blog and my YouTube channel. I do a uh, commercial for your YouTube channel. Elkin CPA, elkincpa.com. Check out elkincpa.com, our good friend Chad Elkins. He is the CPA of the Manosphere. If you need taxes or other kind of financial and accounting work done. Conservativebrew.com, that's where I get my coffee because I like good coffee, not brewed by leftists, which tastes better than Black Rifle Coffee. I like the people personally at Black Rifle Coffee. I think they're great. The coffee just isn't that good. And that's why I go with Conservative Brew. So go to there, conservativebrew.com. Tell them the captain sent you. That way I get my free. They pay me with coffee, actually. <laughs> they pay me with coffee. They're like, ah, right, good. I don't have to go down to the store. Uh, then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, some of which I have already mentioned. We have the 405media.com. That is a podcast station. So you have a bevy of different podcasts that you can listen to there, including The Safety Doc, Dr. David Paradin. Uh, if Lori Zook is back on the air. She was having a little bit of health troubles. I'll go harass her on Facebook. Uh, so 405media.com. Say hi to good old John. John runs the outfit over there. Obsidian Radio, our good friend Mumia hanging out in Philadelphia. Financial Survival Network, Silvio Conto. We already talked about those guys. O'Shea Jackson. Ah, how can you not listen to a black man from Sacramento who goes to Poland to become a medical doctor? And you're saying, well, that's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, you should listen to some of his podcasts. You think that's interesting. Wait till you listen to him. You can find him on YouTube. Again, St. Lycus, blowmeuptom.com. If you're looking for a place to advertise, uh, I, can, I, can't, I can't lie. He's, he's a better place to advertise than here. Uh, more expensive, but the guy's just got to reach... I think he's, I don't know what he's doing, but I think he could charge more. Uh, but he, uh, 
I think, you know, maybe he made his money, he's got his millions, and he's just like, you know what, I'd rather help out some entrepreneurs, which he does. So go to blowmeuptom.com, contact Gary. Uh, he will get back to you. He is a pro. Uh, we talked about the Hanging Chad. Cynical Libertarian Society. SidLibSocial.com. Prepare to be insulted. Jim Fear at 138.blogspot.com. Not only a podcast, but also a pro who will do your book recording and other voice acting work for you. He's the guy I go to to have my books recorded. Entrepreneurs in Cars. You guys already knew that from the previous segment. Uh, MichaelKingswood.com slash RSS. That's our, uh, I'm sorry, podcast.michaelkingswood.com slash RSS. He is the only non-communist science fiction writer. So check him out. And then, is that it? Is that it? Oh, hang on. I got to type this in. I got two different sponsors podcast lists. Blackbrigade.org. Check out the Blackbrigade.org where DT will regale you. I got to download some of his podcast too. I will listen to him and Chad Elkins. Or not Chad Elkins. Could you imagine Chad Elkins on a, on a, on a podcast? Today we'll be talking about FASB Rule 137. Deferred depreciation modes. Or deferred assets. Deferred, no, deferred. Is deferred depreciation? Deferred revenue. That's what I was thinking. Deferred revenue methods. According to the gap rules and countings and principles, in 1987, Herbert Van Hinklewinkle came up with the idea of maybe if we deferred that on a bi-monthly basis. Uh, yeah, I don't think CPAs should start. Well, who knows? Maybe that'd be the greatest thing ever. A CPA podcast. A podcast on accounting. <laughs> Oh, what else? Oh, we got my classes. You want to take my classes, you can. The analysis, evaluation of stocks, and then stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. Betterment, if you want, you can uh, invest in an uh, IRA through my Betterment affiliate program. Same thing with the Amazon affiliate program. Go to my site first, click on their banner. And then we have my two best of books of the blog. Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserved. Those are where I take my... Oh, shoot. I got to do that. Dang it. Dang it. I knew my to-do list wasn't complete. All right. I got to do another best of. I got to back up my blog before the Googles decide, we don't like what you said here. It's happening. The Googs are coming. The Googs are coming. They're going to start with the YouTubes and say, we don't like what you said here. We don't like what you said there. Hey, we own Blogger too. Let's get them. I just, I'm wondering, I should probably download some YouTubes to see if the left have been demonetized just to keep tabs on the on the industry. But like I said, once I paid off my house, I kind of don't care. I have, may have mentioned it before, but YouTube is like the insufferable, increasingly nitpicky and Americanized girlfriend where you're just like, you know what? You're, uh, you're ever... Incrementally increasing standards and, and pet peeves are starting to become annoying. It's not even worth... Like, all I have to do is not curse on my videos. This time. This time. They'll find something else to demonetize videos. Well, you said darn and fart and shoot. And those are derivatives of bad words. We're going to demonetize that. And it's just going to be like, yeah, I'm sick and tired of the constantly moving goalposts. And it really is a pain in the ass not to curse. So, fuck Google. You're not my wife. And you're not my mom. Uh, I know we got fan mail, but I want to go through it. 
Vote, subscribe, comment, like, share. Check your nuts. Ladies, go get your mammograms because remember, we hate women here. That's why I remind you, go check your breast cancer. Not just buy pink fucking ribbons. Buying pink ribbons and having large people on football fields wear pink gloves doesn't stop cancer. Getting a mammogram does. And that's it. All right. We'll see you kids later. I'm out of here. Toodles.